You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah, yes. Welcome back to Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again. We have a very fun edition of Mariner's Pod for you. I'm really excited about this one. Today, we will explore George Kirby through the eyes of many different people in the organization to just get a feel of where he's come from college to now, the adjustments he's made along the way, and what has made George Kirby so special. We'll go a deep dive into that. We'll hear from all kinds of different people about his journey. I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, He's had such a marvelous season. I think this will give you some real insight on what has made how he's gotten here what's made him so good so so that will happen we also will chat with andy mckay shannon dreyer and i a long conversation with andy all about kind of big picture looking at the system and how they go about it philosophy wise and then we get into some individuals as well uh, Taylor Dollard, what he's done this year. Some great Logan Gilbert stories, which is really funny. I always really enjoy our conversations with Andy, so that will happen in just a few minutes. In the meantime, let's start with our examination of George Kirby. With the 20th selection of the 2019 MLB draft, the Seattle Mariners select George Kirby, a right-handed pitcher from Elon University. And that's how George Kirby became a Seattle Mariner. And one of the things that really captured the attention of the Mariners from George Kirby at Elon University, his tremendous command, his final season, 88 innings thrown, 107 strikeouts, and just six walks. Here's director of amateur scouting Scott Hunter right after the draft. Yeah, it, it kind of punches you in the face when you look at it and you actually have to ask if it's real. And, you know, with all of our different technology and our our analysts and all the different video stuff, it is. I mean, it, I don't think anybody in the country even sniffed his strikeout the walk rate. And obviously with something that we do here and we value, he fit in perfectly. Here's George Kirby on how he felt about walks in college. Mechanically, it just clicked for me this year. I was able to just command the zone the whole year and uh, not give up a lot of free bases, so it was, it was pretty fun. Most of the walks I had were borderline calls, uh, but um, just had to bear down the next batter um, and just go from there. Assistant General Manager Justin Hollander on what they saw then and what it's transitioned to now. Some of that is a little bit of myth-making in that uh, George was this, like, touch-and-feel, like, 89-91 mile an hour. Like, that's not really what he was, you know, both in the Cape and at Elon. Like, he would touch 95-96, he'd pitch at 93-94. So the stuff has taken, I guess, like, one-quarter turn, and that's kind of what we talked about in the draft room. Like, this guy's a quarter turn away from being an ace is what we thought. But it wasn't like we had to turn the dial 10 notches to get him there. It wasn't like he pitched at 87 and now he pitches at 97. So it's a, it's a little bit of a myth or like a misread of sort of what the industry thought. Like we both had our internal scouting data and pitch data, which is, you know, the most evidence-based way to look at it, that it had George touching the upper 90s in short stints. And we've turned a dial. We haven't remade George in any sort of like unique or fantastical way. He's just a little bit better, and that happens when you add strength and weight and you get a little older. Uh, nothing that I think is over-the-top crazy, I, and I don't want to discount what our PD people have done with George. They've done a ton of work 
on shapes and things like that. But in terms of pure velocity, it hasn't really, we haven't really like magnified by 10 times what George was doing when he was at Elon. And it did not take Kirby long to blaze through the minor league system. Less than 30 starts in his minor league career before making his major league debut this year with the Mariners. Kirby ready the windup and the 3-2 on the way and a swing and a miss for strike three and George Kirby strikes out the first batter that he faces in his big league debut and the right-handers 1-2 pitch to G-Man Choi and a swing and a miss for strike three and he did it. George Kirby walks off the diamond striking out the side here in the top of the first inning in his first big league inning to a standing ovation. I just had to just be myself and you know do what I did to get here. Um, I told Luis before the game, you know, well, let's mix it up. Like, I don't want to be, you know, just relying on my fastball. Like, I got here for a reason. Um, and I've been doing a really good job of just using all my pitches and trying to command those in the zone. So that was my game plan going into the day. Um, and just tried to get a good control of my breath and, you know, just trying to be calm as possible. And it's hard to do that. Uh, a lot of adrenaline flowing. So I just tried to just be even keel as possible and uh it worked out in my favor for sure current arkansas travelers pitching coach sean mcgrath has watched kirby blossom he was with him at elon with him at two different spots in the mariners organization i'm extremely proud uh not to say you know he wouldn't have done it without me because i think he would have um he's he's a special special dude but yeah there's a sense of pride I, i mean you know, he's, he's my daughter's favorite player. Um, my, my father and my mother watch all of his starts. It's it, it just, I think, just one of those things. You know, he's the first big leaguer I've coached, you know, from my time in college, my seven years in college. And so it, it's pretty fun, especially, you know, having the opportunity to kind of be with him in Everett last year, this year in, in Arkansas before, you know, getting promoted. So, yeah, I, I'm really, really proud of him, you know, and – I just hope he, he, he keeps with it, you know, because he, he's phenomenal. He's awesome. And Kirby has been incredibly impressive as he's navigated through his first season in a Mariners uniform, according to manager Scott Service. Oh, George has been very uh, composed when he takes the mound. He's got a ton of confidence for a young guy, and he continues to get better. You know, he's added some pitches to his arsenal as the season's gone along. He's always done a great job throwing strikes, but, you know, he's added the two-seam fastball. His secondary pitches have got much more crisper, sharper, harder, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he's had a ton of success because he he gets after it in the strike zone, and it's worked out really well for him and for us. President of Baseball Operations, Jerry Depoto. He's, uh, he's just 24 years old. We knew George would powder the strike zone. This is what he does. He's got velocity. He's got the breaking balls. He throws both breaking balls for strikes. His changeup still doesn't use it a ton, and when he does, it's very effective. We've talked about the quality of all four of his offerings. The strike zone command is something that he's had, and I, I wish we could take credit for that. I'm pretty sure in diapers, George was rolling out there and, <laughs> and, uh, and hammering the zone. Sitting there and watching him fill up the zone when he threw the 24 straight against the, the Nationals, I, I, was, I was actually sitting with Justin. We're watching the game. Uh, just quietly, the two of us in the box, and he's he's at about 15 straight strikes, and now my you know my antenna are up, and and I, I turned around when he got to 18, 19, and I said to Justin, it's happening, <laughs> and uh, and he said what? If you're just watching the game, unless you're tracking it, you might lose the fact that he was hammering the strike zone so consistently. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, Justin and I happened to be working uh, on the team opposite Bartolo Colon when he threw 38 straight strikes in a game. And at one point we turned around when Bart was doing it. And I said, this is absurd. I've never seen anything like this. And I turned around to Justin in that moment and I said, it's happening. Someone is going to take down we used to call Bartolo Colon Boogie. Somebody's going to take down, <laughs> take down Boogie. And and I had no idea at that time that that Curb was already on his way to, you know, the, the, the record to start a game. So that was a pleasant surprise. And my guess is it's probably not the last time we see George do something like that. He's just a he's a phenomenal strike thrower. He's so in control of his own body and in his own his own arsenal. Two balls, two strikes on Brown. Here comes the pitch. Strike three called. He throws him a wicked slider, scraping the edge. And George Kirby is dealing. He's retired 13 in a row, 18 of 19, and he's got eight punch outs in the game. What a day for George Kirby. He's doing exactly what he did in the minor leagues, which I think makes it really remarkable um, in that he's not walking anybody. He continues to throw strikes. He's incredibly aggressive. His stuff really hasn't changed. Um, he's he's just replicating what he's done all the way through the minor leagues, and he seems totally unfazed by the fact that there's a third deck on the stadium right now, um, which makes him unique, and that's kind of George's affect for those who have been around him. He's not really, I wouldn't say impressed by anything. He's just not affected by um, what's going on around him. He just does his thing. And I was talking to some of our staff in Arizona George is the best golfer. He's the best ping pong player. He's the best tennis player. He's just naturally gifted at all these things. And when he goes out to do his thing, the surrounding uh, environment doesn't really change what he knows he has to execute. And it's, it's been really impressive. And to your broader point, we're really lucky. We're really lucky that when we sort of embarked upon this rebuild or step back or reimagination or whatever we've dubbed it, um, that we've, we've, landed on some really great people and some really great talents who've been able to to migrate to the big leagues pretty quickly. And George Kirby famously has added a two-seamer this year. Here's Mariners pitching coach Pete Woodward. That one I, I won't forget because obviously the, the, the Robbie Ray story is, is interesting, you know, just inventing it mid-game. Um, and, and he kind of saw that firsthand in, in the dugout for a couple starts, and we were in, in San Diego and uh, that was when he first tried it in the bullpen um, and it took a hard right turn and everybody just kind of looked at each other like holy cow like we've Robbie's is really good but that pitch just took off um, and I think he had the Blue Jays like two days later and it's it was a good lineup a right-handed heavy lineup um, guys that that handle the pitch away so he broke it out in the first inning with, uh, I think, George Springer led off with a double. And uh, and then, yeah, he st- started throwing two scenes in on Vladdy Jr. and, and Bo Bichette. And uh, I think it, it opened up his eyes like, oh, wow, like this uh, this could be a, a, a huge weapon in, in my arsenal immediately. I just saw how well it worked for him and wanted to add it. And it's been a good weapon going inside the lefties, and I think once I can really establish going in on righties, it'll even make my off-speed better. Um, so, yeah, it's been a super exciting pitch so far, and uh, I'm really glad I added it in there. I just saw how well it worked for Robbie, and was like, hey, man, what's your grip? I want to throw it. Simple as that. Did that work? Yeah, it worked really so well. You're using his grip? And- yeah, I, I made some adjustments to it that just is a little more comfortable for me, but, uh, but yeah, just asked him one day, and 
We went from there. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss. A two-seamer with wicked movement down low. Acuna Jr. swings through. 12 in a row. Knocked down by George Kirby. He is dealing tonight against Atlanta. George coming up with a two-seamer that all of a sudden, now he looks like Oral Hershiser in his prime or, or Greg Maddox running two-seamers back. Well, he's doing it 97 miles an hour, which is pretty phenomenal. Director of Analytics, Joel Furman. His ability that I think is just about unmatched to... Uh, make an adjustment on on the fly uh it just his athletic ability to um you know if it's adding a two seam just kind of out of nowhere uh which apparently our whole starting staff does <laughs> but uh you know took to that uh adjustment really well um you know i've heard stories of of him coming in from the dugout and uh you know, someone mentioning uh, an adjustment about controlling the run game in a different way, expecting him to implement it three games from now, and he'll go out the next inning and, and do it. Um, so he's, you know, a special kind of athlete. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the skill set, I think, like, he's a good example of just someone who has always been a top-of-the-scale strike thrower and a really good athlete um, and someone whose who's pure weapons just every year have, have taken a step forward. Um, and that, that is a, you know, a path to upside that I think often gets overlooked, but, um, when you're starting with impact, impact strike throwing, uh, and you have the kind of acumen and athleticism that he does to, to add weapons, um, you can get a special outcome. And I, I think we're seeing that so far. Senior director of analytics, Jesse Smith. So impressive uh, from the inside. I, I think at times, like we've just, we've just been so sold on Kirby for the last couple of years and what he's done, his work ethic, his ability to get better. Mm. Like, you'll hear a lot of coaches talking about it. It's just like most guys, you know, you want to teach them something new. You just don't like, he can just pick it up really fast. Robbie Wyatt throws a two seams like, oh, maybe I can do that. And, you know, he just does it. <laughs> uh, we've been expecting this, you know, this is mm. obviously he's performing above expectations. He's been amazing, but it doesn't really surprise us. I don't think like, uh, and and I think the industry's seen that too. Like George Kirby's, you know, no executive is going to be surprised to see George Kirby at the top of you know the the rookie pitcher class. It's mm -hmm. just he's just that good. George pitching to a really good rhythm. Not eight strikeouts, not a walk today. Here comes a two two to Hernandez. Strike three called. Got him nine. He matches his season best, career best for the rookie. A one two three. Go sit down inning. Well, I think you know he has the right mindset. You know he knows he wants to continue to get better. He wants to be one of the elite pitchers in the game. And to do that, you you pick up things. You watch guys on other teams. You you're. you're constantly having discussions with pitching coaches and your teammates about what he can do to get better and that's where George is at he's focused on getting better every time out there and he's not afraid to try things I think that's part of it too the old adage well you know just do what got you there well it may get you there but it may not allow you to stay there and our guys want to stay and be a big part of a winning ball club and George done a great job this year here comes the pitch swing and a miss blew it by him at 96 that was fire past Piscotti, and George Kirby has tied his career high with his ninth strikeout of the game. I guess nowadays, like with with all the technology we have, like you can you can throw off the mound on TrackMan and and see how the pitch is moving and make some adjustments and try this and try that. Um, he kind of has like a, a built-in TrackMan. Um, 
he's just a, an elite problem solver. His, his body just kind of figures things out very quickly. Um, it's tough to put into words what, what feel to make a ball move is, but um, Kirby has that ability, uh, and it, it is unique. You don't see that a lot. Um, usually it, it takes time for guys to develop pitches. Um, we, were, we were talking earlier back, back in the day, Jerry was mentioned that uh, they used to have them throw one grip and just try to make the ball move different directions, um, and that's just trial and error, learning how to make a ball move um, without any technology, um, which may be something you know people have gotten away from, but uh, whatever George did in, in his youth and coming up uh, as a young baseball player, um, whether it's, it's God-given or he has uh, worked at this extremely hard, he's very gifted manipulating the baseball. The one thing that I've noticed with George is that no matter what it is, it could be shaping a pitch, it could be roughly anything athletically, and, and I might even go beyond athletic. If you suggest something to George, it feels like he can learn it in minutes. Mm. <laughs> He's just unbelievable at picking up new things. And, and uh, it's, I don't share that trait. <laughs> you know, it takes me a long time to learn something. And, and uh, George is just a naturally fast learner. And, and what he's able to do, you know, even in, in transition, like the motor skill associated with picking up a new pitch, is, it's pretty amazing just yeah. figuring out where to start it. Is, is something that takes a lot of years for guys to perfect, and he seems to have refined it quicker than I've ever seen anybody do. Kirby nods, deals. 98-mile-an-hour fastball, strike three called, and Bichette is left chopping wood at home plate. George Kirby strikes out Bichette looking and leaves him loaded with Jays in the fourth inning. This is awesome. I've uh, been working my whole life for this, and... Uh, be able to share it with these guys and go to battle with them every day. It's a pretty cool experience. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A visit from Andy McKay. Andy, it is so great to see you. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to join you and uh, looking forward to it. There's a lot to dive into, but I, I was thinking about you last night as that game was playing out and just watching George Kirby, who has been unbelievable. And we just continue to see it from the system so far this season, the impact that Gilbert has made and Kirby and Cal Raleigh just go down the Julio, of course, go down the list. Yeah, you forgot Julio. <laughs> yeah, there, there's the, Julio too. Yeah, it's kind of good. <laughs> but what are your feelings as you watch this play out and see all the labor that goes in behind the scenes really paying yeah. off at this level? 
And that's and the way you phrase that, I, I appreciate that because the labor behind the scenes and the number of people that are involved in player development, mm. you know, whether it's a trainer or a strength coach, a mental skills coach, or our, our mental health experts and um, our English teachers, and um, there's so many people that have their fingerprints on all of these kids in one way or the other, and it is exciting. And and there are some moments when you can kind of sit back and and, and have some perspective on it, I guess. But uh, I, I told somebody just recently, they asked kind of a similar question. I said, you know, there's that old saying, you're, you're only as warm as your coldest child. <laughs> and I, I tend to go through it with the, uh, I, I, I'm spending more time thinking about the guys who are struggling, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And, and that's probably, I don't know if that's the right way to, to do it, but it's just who I am. And uh, while last night was great, I tend to think more about, you know, what's going on in AA and AAA or some of our guys that are struggling and, because um, if you just think about the guys you just mentioned, they've all been through struggles too. You know, I mean, Cal went through a really difficult time, and Logan had his tough stretch, and you know, even Julio, who on the surface he's gone through a lot. You know, the injuries that he dealt with in the minor leagues, the amount of time he missed, and so there, you've always got a group of people that are that are that are struggling, and that tends to be where my attention goes a little bit more. Andy, I've been fascinated with process, not just of what's in front of us, but what we have witnessed over the last six years. You know, I look at the growth of individuals in this organization. You know, Scott Service having not managed <laughs> at the big league level yeah. when he first started. You coming in with a farm system that was basically, you know, kind of at the ground level and where you were going to go. It's constantly evolving. And I, I know it's not as simple as like taking a St. Louis Cardinals book of no. this is how we're going to <laughs> do it. And I know there are things that we're tried but i mean we do see the imprint now the players come up and it took time but you do know a mariners player when they get up to the big leagues what are some of the big steps in the evolution of of getting the system to where it is right now there there were a lot of those steps and uh, uh, a lot of blood and a lot of tears to be honest with you but i think when you when you when you mentioned like the cardinals who obviously have done a, a remarkable job um the best thing that jerry did was don't don't copy anything like let's do what we want to do what maybe hasn't been done in certain ways and and jerry gave us the freedom to do those things and to be creative and not do what's always been done but do what you think is the right way to do it and 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 we've done it in in so many ways and uh just from the what started as control the zone and became the dominate the zone and and helping players look at the game through that lens of, of pitchers becoming obsessed with managing counts and, and how to get into a good count and stay in a good count and then finish it. Um, you know, and, and hitters having the ability to to recognize pitches and, and take walks. And we've done that very consistently where most of our affiliates are leading their level and, you know, in taking their walks. And, and there's more to hitting than just walking, but it is a foundational piece for us. And, um but it, it really there's so many facets to it and we just mentioned some of them but it really starts with our scouting group and the people that they keep putting into the system uh, especially on the pitching side and you know we haven't made any secrets about it. We've, we've invested a lot into the pitching side and it continues to show for us but um it, in, until you can kind of sit close to it and understand it from the kind of the macro vision of how many people are involved and what it takes to put a winning team out there i certainly didn't understand it when i took the job and when you mentioned scott hadn't managed i hadn't done my job either and and i think that might be one of the 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 biggest things we've done is 
we haven't been afraid to hire people who didn't necessarily have the pedigree or um, met some of the traditional um, standards of, of these positions. How much do these process, baseball's changing all the time, how much do you have to evolve with it? Constantly. And that was one of the things that comes up, and, and it, it just kind of it coincided to when we came here. The game was, the game has always evolved, always, and it's it's one of the built-in, almost like historical pieces of the game that, you know, everybody thinks this generation is soft. Everybody thinks this, you know, <laughs> that everybody had to play, you know, ten feet of snow type of thing, and that's been going on. You know, there's that article of, you know, uh, Ty Cobb talking about how stupid Ted Williams is for you know, not being able to hit the ball the other way after the shift. I mean, this has been going on since the invention of the game, right? But certainly the last six, seven, eight years, the amount of change has, it's happened so much faster than it ever has. And I think it's going to continue to. And at some point, it'll level off. I'm not sure when that's going to be. But you can already see it just since we've been here, the the cycles that some teams have gone through of trying to figure out who they want to be as an organization. And so I think I think the kind of the the way that you want to be positioned is that you're always changing. You know, you have some basic tenets and that's what I love about what we're doing is the basic cornerstones and the foundations of what we're doing, they're timeless. Dominating the strike zone is not a new concept. We've kind of branded it and we've messaged it in some unique ways and we've coupled it with a lot of stories and a lot of data to support the stories, but Swinging good pitches is not a new thing, right? Being in good counts is not a new thing. So it's actually, as we kind of have that image of you know, the super progressive organization, it's built around timeless concepts uh, that have been there for over 100 years now. Andy, we look out there right now and you see Logan Gilbert and he is working as he always is. He sometimes is the only one who oh, is yeah. out in the field. He is running sprints out there on yeah. a Sunday morning. Pretty much by himself. You got a Logan story from oh my when gosh. you... <laughs> How much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> Give us a good Logan story. <laughs> yeah. Well, COVID year, uh, I'm running the alt site down in Tacoma. And, uh, you know, that was a challenging environment for all kinds of reasons. But um, we're having one of our normal days. We're not, we're not playing a game, but we're working out. And uh, the pitchers had an easy day. So they left. The first bus left. All the pitchers were there. And it was just position players. And we're in Tacoma, and here comes Logan coming out of the third base dugout, and he's got this big bag that he's always had, and the bag is like every contraption and, and teaching tool, um, and he owns them all. So I watch him, and he's going down to the bullpen in left field in Tacoma, and I said, hey, can I just come hang out and observe? He's like, yeah, of course. And if you know Logan, like it, this won't surprise you at all. It takes him probably about 15 minutes to set up what he was going to do he had mirrors he had chairs he had bungee cords he had everything and i watched him go through this routine all by himself um it took him about 30 minutes and you couldn't have been more focused on what he was doing than he was and i just thought again like this is why this guy is going to be special because he's not going to throw a meaningful pitch for probably six months i mean the season's canceled and he's out here working this way and He's always had that ability that he can work by himself. And that, there aren't a lot of people who can do that. They need partners. They need someone to push. But he can do it by himself. And I'll give you the other one when we signed him. And, and we, if you remember when we signed him and he got sick and we sent him home. Yeah. So he didn't really, the whole year was a waste. Well, I shouldn't say a waste. But I, I 
FedExed him like a care package of books and uh, not knowing if he was going to read them or whatever. And it was just like a few weeks later, he called. He's like, hey, let's talk about them. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you know, <laughs> he had already pounded through them. And like, now he wanted to dissect them. And because Logan's the kind of guy, you can give him a book or you can give him a, an article or a podcast. And he's gonna li- but he's going to listen with a very critical eye. And he'll want to debate because uh, he's, he's earned the right to have his own opinions on things. And he'll push back and challenge. And um, he's, just, he's an incredibly special person that... Uh, and I think any good teacher will tell you this. They learn more from students than the student learns from them. And, and Logan has certainly done that for all of us. When you look at players that succeed at the major league level, how much is it just raw ability talent? How much is it the hard work that goes into it? Or finding the right people along the way that helps unlock whatever it is? Like, what, what is that formula? In all your of eyes? the above. And, and you can't copy the formula, but what I will tell you is if you take Major League Baseball players, I would say there's about 1% or 2% that were just going to be Major League Baseball players. Mm-hmm. They were going to do it. Um, and they didn't need a lot of help along the way. If there was a league above the big leagues, they'd be playing in that league. And there are those players. There's very few of them. I think after you get out of that 1% or 2%, the other 98, there is no magical formula, but it all involves some type of of perseverance uh a love of the game i uh, to me honestly i think the x factor in the whole thing is how much you love the base the game of baseball because you have to love it to get through what you have to get through to get here and stay here because it is so hard and without that that love as a foundation you know you have to love being in the dugout with teammates you have to love the bus rides you have to love all of it because it's gonna it's gonna beat you up the game is gonna everybody gets their turn at adversity um but the perseverance is real. Uh, the work ethic is real. Um, but if you just look at our team and, and you look at the dynamics of the personalities, like <clears throat> we love Mitch Hanniger. Mitch is very similar to Logan in a lot of ways. Very different than Gino Suarez. But they're all true to themselves. And, you know, Gino, is, it's good vibes. He, he, he loves everything about it. But other people could not get here and succeed copying Gino because that's him and that's and you have to have the courage to be who yourself be who you are and let your real self kind of show even if it steps on some toes even if it rubs some people the wrong way because like you you guys have been here long enough you see how short these careers are Mm. you know trying to fake it and be somebody you're not is it's a disaster and I I, so I, I, I think a long answer but I would go back to a simple concept of you have to have the courage to be who you are and I think that is a real common denominator that you see, whether it's Marco or Mitch or, or Cal or Gino. They're all very different, but they are who they are. We heard the news this week that Harry Ford is playing for the British team in the WBC qualifiers right now. And that got me thinking to what Julio Rodriguez did last year in playing in the Olympics. And yeah. what a different <clears throat> Decision. I mean, I can't think of many organizations that would say, yes, leave the organization, leave our care <laughs> during the season, go get this experience yeah. and do it, I think, three times. And, and I understand that that big experience you couldn't get anywhere else. And I think we see how that kind of paid off. Yeah. But what went into that decision? A lot. And uh, it wasn't one that, you know, it was not a one-time conversation, but it goes back to a lot of things. Number one, Scott had a lot of experience playing on Team USA. Um, I actually have Scott's baseball card from when he played on the USA team and which he said was the greatest experience of my life. Um, and Jerry very quickly chimed in with, he said, you know, I would have traded a couple years of service time 
to wear a USA jersey. And so we began thinking through it, and we ultimately just came back with a chance for Julio to be in that environment. Like, we couldn't take it from him, number one. But number two, we thought it would actually help him to play on that stage um, and break up the monotony of a long, you know, minor league season. Um, so we agreed to do it, and we we certainly didn't know it was going to work out the way it did, but it, it turned out to be the right decision. And it could have easily turned out to be the wrong decision, but it, it was the right one for him. And uh, and I'll tell you my, one of my favorite Hulu stories from that situation. He came back from one of the – it wasn't the Olympics. It was one of the qualifying tournaments, and he had the big hit off of a big leaguer, um, an established guy, and I don't remember who it was. And I was FaceTiming with him, and he began almost regurgitating page for page out of our – uh, uh, out of our mental skills manual and he started talking about it. it never made sense to me and until that at bat of like the only thing you can control is your breathing and that breathing was my anchor and it got me through it and he's like I've heard it for two years but it didn't make sense until that situation and I was just like anytime you have a student start giving you back the lessons mm-hmm. like in his own words it's like you're closing the loop right and you're hearing it and this guy applied it and at the time was the biggest at bat of his life um so it turned out to be a great thing, and we've been supportive of it for most of our kids. Um, you know, a chance to wear the jersey of your home country, and, you know, I don't think anybody saw Harry Ford wearing the Great Britain jersey. That was not on the bingo card. But, um, you know, that's it's another great, you know, his dad still lives there, and I had a chance to meet his dad, and, um, you know, his dad's thrilled to have him in Europe playing. You know, it's Harry's European vacation right now, and um, it's been a great deal for him, and I... I just like all our and our AAA hitting coach Brad Marcelino is the hitting coach on the team, and um, great experiences for all these different players. One guy we've had fun watching from afar is Taylor Dollard, who you and me both. <laughs> I, I mean, I kept waiting for his ERA to move, and all year, just steady as can be. It has been really incredible to watch. What yeah. what has been the key to his success this year? Yeah, uh, I, would, I just I came from Arkansas. I was there before I came here. Um, I would say the key is, for him, it's his mentality. He really has no fear of throwing the ball over the plate. Mm. Uh, and so going back to that dominate the zone mantra, uh, he's taken it to heart. He's made it his own. Uh, his stuff is good. It's not overwhelming, but it's very good. And But he's not afraid to pitch with it. And I've seen some key moments for him this summer. Um, you know, we were in Springfield playing the Cardinals, and they had a couple big leaguers uh, rehabbing. And I was, like, excited to see the matchup and, same thing. I just got to go. I got to get an O strike here. I got to get ahead in the count. When I get to O one, I got to get to O two, and you can't do that if you're afraid. And I do think that's his carrying tool right now. He's also got some interesting relationships. Him and Jack Flaherty um, are connected, and, and and Jack has kind of taken him as a as a little bit under his wing and as a as a mentor. And I know that's really helped him. He's got a, kind of an established big leaguer to bounce things off of, but. Um, he believes in what we're doing as a, as a Mariner. He's also a wonderful teammate. I think, I think if you asked, and I honestly believe this, if you, if you called Taylor right now and say, what was the highlight of your summer? He would say, watching George get called up, Mm. you know, he would forget his, his 190 RA or, you know, statistically he's one of probably the best two or three starting pitchers in all of minor league baseball. Um, but he's, he's a wonderful teammate. Um, and he's, he's, he, he's, very invested in his friends, whether it's Logan or George or even Penn, um, and on his own team. You know, they quietly have a very good rotation. I've watched how he's worked to bring Prelander Baroa kind of into mm. the fold 
um, even with a language barrier. Um, so he's just another wonderful person. That he's going to end up winning some games for us in the big leagues. How do you watch these games when you're with the big league club? And not just the games, but you yeah. know, the entire day. What are you looking at? It depends, honestly. Sometimes I honestly, like, I'll, I'll start a game and I just really want to watch one thing. And, and the easiest thing to do is watch it like a fan. And that's what you don't want to do. Um, You're not out there with a beer and a dog? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I, I, I'd bring my glove, believe me, because I was that kid. You know, I, I would bring my glove and I would go harass players. I, I would go down there and get a Julio's autograph right now and um, go for a foul ball. But. Um, Different things. Uh, you know, last night, oddly enough, I was really watching our leads and our secondary leads, um, of which uh, Frazier does a remarkable job uh, of doing that. Um, I spent a lot of time watching George between pitches last night because ever since we've signed him, he's kind of been that unflappable. Um, and, then, you know, he got into trouble early with the hit to Trout and then Otani. And I just watched the body language, watched the rhythm and tempo between pitches. Uh, you know, is he still breathing? Is it speeding up? What's the body language look like? Um, I like watching our dugout a lot and watching our coaches coach. Um, that's more of my job is, you know, I spend more time coaching our coaches than I do our players. And I, you know, most of our coaches came through our PD system. So I, I really like watching Pete Woodworth work and what Trent's got going on in the, in the bullpen. And so, but most games I will pick something to kind of, to bear down on and, and just try to understand, even if it's just a specific player. So. Well, Andy, thank you for spending all the time with us this morning. It's always fun to catch up. Thanks for the chat. We appreciate it all the time. Appreciate you having me on.